This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Today, we're talking about what to look for when buying a used car, and we're here to help steer you in the right direction. Hey, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. I I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day out there. It hey, is. I think it's the weather. We got rid of that hot weather. Yeah, I think it's the weather. Yes. The weather has me feeling kind of fresh and, and friendly. Well, it's fall <laughs> and we go into, we're getting to the holiday season. It, it's just a nice day. You're nice right. time of the year. You're right. It is a nice time of the year. And you know, during these times, it's nice to get out and take a little drive around. That's right. You know, hit those back roads. You know, I always look up and you go to up north and you see all the leaves changing colors and all. Yeah. Well, you know, we do have leaves changing colors here as well. Yeah. It changed a little early this year, yes, Coach. Yes, it did. Because, you know, the it was so hot. It was so hot they fell off a little early. <laughs> Them poor trees was just that hanging on. They, they were hanging on. But, you know, they went into a dormant state, most of them. Okay. And as they go into a dormant state, they don't grow. They, Come on, not, coach. they just stop. Come on, Coach. And they wait to spring. Come on, Coach. You're rivaling Felder yeah. over there. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a beautiful time to be. I see a lot of people out there in their convertibles. I used to have one. I'll just push my sunroof back and stick my hand out the hole. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to talk about that today, how to check those sunroofs for leaks to make sure when you're buying a used car. Yeah. So that is what we're talking about today. What to look for when buying a used car. Our email address for questions is auto at MPB online.org if you've got any questions or anything um, any kind of comments about your car or somebody else's car that you know is broke down <laughs> just anybody's car just anybody's car okay coach got a little description so inspecting any used car and taking it for a test drive before you purchase it is important yes um, after identifying the car that you're interested in and running a vehicle history report to ensure there's no undisclosed issues like accident damage or title issues then you should meet the seller inspect the car and take it for a test drive but you you're going to get into more of the steps that we should take when we're inspecting um, and test driving and choosing a used car, right? Um, we're going to talk about that. We want to know exactly. What, if you're buying a used car today, I'm going to relate it to like uh, buying a house because yeah. cars are so expensive if they're new or used and the used car market has just went out the roof on prices. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an investment. Okay, and just like buying a house, you can make the wrong investment right. here. And so if you're going to get your money's worth, you need to make sure that you know what you're getting before you buy it. Yeah. You know, uh, eye candy, and that, that means that when you see eye candy, that is where it looks nice. Hmm. But when you really get down to it, it wasn't really I nice. purchased one of those, Coach. Yeah, I think we all have. It was a red red little thing. No, we all have <laughs> uh, purchased those. I had a red truck the same way. But we need to be careful because eye candy gets you in trouble. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, when you start inspecting a car, the first thing, like you said, you need to research that car. You need to make sure if it's the make, the model, the year that you're looking for, and do a web search and see what, it's called, what the average cost of those vehicles are. Okay, and that's just trying to see what ballpark you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. You need to know what you want to spend on that car. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you, you, as long as you know what you want to spend on it, then you can start negotiating that used car if it's with a dealer, if it's with a private uh, individual, yeah. or even if it's off a car lot itself. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, like I say, you want to do the research on that car, and you want to do the research before you even look at a car. Yeah. So we're, I'm going to call that the pre-purchase inspection. Yeah, that pre-purchase inspection. Okay. Before you even look at the car, you want to do all that. Then the next thing you want to do, you then you want to start talking about if it's mechanically sound for you. Okay. Okay. Now, if you see a car with low mileage and somebody said, well, my grandmother just drove it to church in the store every week and that's why it has such low mileage. Well, you might want to be suspicious. <laughs> Usually those are the ones everybody's like, Grandma only drove it for the year to year. That's right. Well, okay. Grandma, I don't know. <laughs> I look, I'm an Andy Griffin buff. I like watching Andy Griffin. Yeah. And they had an episode where Barney Fife was buying a used car. Okay. And he bought it from Grandma. Okay. Well, Grandma comes in there and says, I only drove it back to church and back to the grocery store. And Barney fell in love. Yeah. Well, when he got the new car... I mean, the used car, it broke down. Well, really, Grandma was a crook. Grandma was selling him a used car because she was with a group of thieves. Trust no one. Trust no one. When you're buying a used vehicle, make sure that you inspect that car. Make sure that you take it to a mechanic. If they do not want you to take it to a mechanic or they do not want you to test drive, well, get up out of the seat, Mm -hmm. get back in your ride, Mm -hmm. and go ahead and let's look at another one. You're right. Because that's the main thing. Because if you have a trusted mechanic that can look at that car, not only for exterior, interior, the motor, the transmission, Mm -hmm. the rear end, the brakes, all of that should be looked into. You know, a lot of people say, well, it has a lot of miles on it, and now it's all highway miles. Well, you need to be suspicious about that, too, because if it's a, uh, just say, a 10-year-old vehicle, and they're putting twenty to 30,000 miles mm-hmm. a year on that vehicle, and they say, well, it's all highway, is it all highway? You know, you got to be careful about that because you're going to get more wear and tear if it's in town. Just say you have a salesman driving that vehicle and he's stopping and going at all these different businesses around town. Okay. I was going to ask highway miles versus in town miles. Well, the stop and go puts a lot of wear on the brakes, a lot of wear on the tires, a lot of wear on the transmission. It puts a lot of wear on everything. But highway miles, if it is true highway miles, well, the vehicle's going steady. Uh, You're not putting much use. I have a truck that has has 172,000 miles on it. I've never changed the brakes. The last time I took them off, they had 165,000, and they were still halfway. And that's because you've only driven it mostly on highway. Mostly on the highway. Got it. So you know. So you need to make sure if they're telling the truth. You know, right. Uh, maintenance records. Maintenance records are very uh, important. You can get them from the dealer. And if you're going to buy a car from a private individual, ask them if they got Maintenance records. Yeah. You know, because uh, maintenance record, records are, you know, 
they can either void a warranty mm-hmm. or they can make the warranty uh, where it be enacted. Mm-hmm. You know, because people always say, well, most vehicles today have uh, new vehicles have uh, 36,000 or 60,000 mile warranties and you can get extended warranties. Mm-hmm. Used vehicles do not have to have a warranty. Right. Just say you buy a used vehicle that uh, has 12,000 miles on it and you buy it from a dealer. Mm-hmm. It's going to have 24 more thousand mile warranty, but it's going to come from the manufacturer. Right up to the 30. Up to the 36,000. Okay. Okay. And it will be on that sticker because a lot of times you look at that sticker on that vehicle, it says as is mm-hmm. and it has a warranty or no warranty. Okay. If it has a warranty, it will be on that sticker. Now, if you go into the manager's office and you negotiate a price and they say, okay, we'll go ahead and give you 60 days, 90 days, Mm -hmm. or 5,000 mile warranty, it needs to be put on that sticker before you leave. Okay. Because if it's not on the sticker, they don't have to honor it. Okay. Okay. So you got to make sure it's on that sticker. Making sure it's on that sticker that was on the window when you uh, looked at the vehicle. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to retype that. They'll have to retype it and put it on there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Now, if you think about, uh, so you want to make sure they check mileage. You know, there are some unscrupulous people out there. They will turn back the mileage mm-hmm. on vehicles because, like I say, you can turn them back electronically or you can even get a new cluster and put in there with lower mileage. Yeah. So you want to make sure that it has the right mileage on there. Okay. The equipment that you want for the vehicle, just say... Maybe a vehicle has more equipment than you really want. Maybe you just want a uh, basic vehicle. Yeah. I was talking about that the other day with my mom, just because of all the bells and whistles. Right, all the bells and whistles. Maybe you don't want all those bells and whistles. Yeah. So you might want to be looking for something like that. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, You need to know if the vehicle's in a flood zone or it's been water damaged. And now... If it's in a hurricane or if it's in a flood area, you'll see a lot of vehicles come up north mm-hmm. uh, where it's not been raining and not when the wind and no hail and no tornadoes. Right. And they start selling these used cars. Well, all of a sudden the lot is full. That's right. And it comes from down <laughs> out of New Orleans or Mississippi yeah. or uh, wherever, Florida, where they have the flood damage. Mm-hmm. Most of these cars, what they'll do, they'll get flood damage and they'll sell them as salvage. And as they sell them at salvage, what happens? They go in there. The states can issue another uh, title on it, you know, according to what can, state. Yeah. Um, and then they can sell we it. We can make it a new. We can make it a new one. <laughs> so now you're buying a new title and a new used car, yeah. but it has water damage. Quotation, new used. <laughs> you know, when you think about water damage, yeah. what can water damage, what can it do to the vehicle? Well, if your vehicle is all electronic, it gets in all those different sensors, mm-hmm. all those different in the computer. Mm-hmm. Now you have problems down the road. Mm-hmm. And now if you see a used car that is real cheap, be wary. You know, uh, <laughs> cars are not cheap. Don't be trying. You know, if you look on the Internet right now, you can see cars. Oh, I got a thousand dollar car. It's, right. a, it's a 2020. Right. Well, I don't think you can buy a 2020 for a thousand dollars. It was a steal, though, Coach. Hey, it, that's why it was a steal. You're exactly right. <laughs> oh, look, going back to the flood damage. I have a, a list that says lift the carpet. Make sure it isn't covering a rusty floor and sniff around for musty odors. Those are both telltale signs of flood damage. They say do the same in the trunk or the cargo area. Yeah, you can do that in the front. Just say um, if you have if you open the door and you smell odors, you already got a problem because if it smells musty or if it smells like mildew. Yeah. 
Or just say you're not a smoker and it smells like smoke. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to buy the car. Right. But uh, getting back to the flood damage, okay, so the water got in there somewhere. And if it smells musty, well, you need to turn around on that one as well. Now, water can get in from other places mm-hmm. instead of just a flood. And I was telling you about a sunroof. Yeah, I've okay. had that happen. A sunroof, they have rubber gaskets around them. Mm-hmm. The doors have rubber gaskets around them. And it can even come from the dash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, water can. There's water can get in anywhere. So you want to make sure you check all the seals in it. You want to make sure that you check the sunroof. And now, how are you going to do that without taking it somewhere and getting it looked at? And get it looked at. We'll get into more of this getting these used cars looked at, Coach, because we need to know what to look for. Before we lay our money down on the line, for sure. Well, there's a lot of people just, they need a car. They just go and buy the first thing that they see, and they say, okay, I can afford this. Well, can you really afford it now since you got to do all the maintenance on it? Yeah. We'll see. We'll talk more That's about right. it. If you've got a horror story about buying a used car, or if you've got a question, you can send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about what to look for when buying a used car. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. And with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here are some recent recalls. Um, the latest recall from Ford concerns its popular midsize three-row SUV, the Explorer, the old classic Explorer. More than 238,300 vehicles, though, are affected by an issue that could cause a rollaway. The affected population are model year 2020 to 22 Explorers. The rear axle horizontal mounting bolt may fracture and cause the drive shaft to disconnect. Such disconnection can result in the loss of drive power or a roll away if the parking brake is not applied, increasing the risk of a crash. To resolve the issue, dealers are replacing the subframe bushing and rear axle bolt. They will also inspect the rear axle cover for damage near the location of the bolt hole and replace it with a new cover if damage is found. All repairs are going to be done for free and Ford will begin noticing owners November 6. Now, Tesla, here we go, coach. <laughs> hey, Tesla. You know when the, I say that word, you smile. Tesla <laughs> is the number one recall of all vehicles in America. When I say that, coach, you smile. I do smile. It's the, it's, it's, it's the most joy that I see all the time. That's right. Um, in terms of major recalls, though, it's been a mostly drama-free year for the electric vehicle automaker Tesla. They say it's drama-free. But now the, um, the marquee has issued a recall for nearly 55,000 Model X SUVs over a problem that may prevent the vehicle from detecting low brake fluid. Affected vehicles include model year 2021 to 23 Model X SUVs, and the issue involves a vehicle controller that may fail to detect when brake fluid levels are low, which could impact braking performance, increasing the risk of a crash. So to resolve the issue, Tesla has released an over-the-air software update. They can do it over the air, coach. The automaker will begin notifying owners December 12th, but those with further questions can contact the automaker. And finally, just days after recalling more than 238,000, again, this is Ford, um, it's expanding it its previous recall from 2022 um, of its Mustang Mach-E all-electric SUV 
to include an additional 34,700 vehicles. The issue involves the vehicle's high-voltage battery con. Contactors, contactors. Affected vehicles include model year 21 to 22, Mustang Mach-E's. The issue is with the high-voltage battery main contactors, which may overheat from DC fast charging and repeated wide-open pedal events. This can potentially lead to a loss of drive power, increasing the risk of a crash. To resolve the issue, dealers are replacing the high-voltage battery junction box for free. Owners of vehicles included in the original recall will also need to have a new remedy completed. Ford will begin notifying owners October 30th. But if you have any questions, you can contact the automaker. And you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website. That's nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about what to look for when buying a used car. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions and your used car buying horror stories. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, let's get back into what to look for when buying a new used car. Well, you know, I was thinking about this recall with Ford with the drive shaft. Okay, the drive shaft, these are rear-wheel ve- rear-wheel drive vehicles. Yeah. And the drive shaft itself, uh, they have uh, universal joints. Or they're called U-joints is what they're called. And what happens, those universal joints, even on a used vehicle... Uh, they will go bad, and I know that you've seen a lot of vehicles on the side of the road with a drive shaft hanging out because what happens, those universal joints go bad, uh-huh. and there's a telltale sign for those universal joints to go bad. And the telltale sign is, and you want to do this when you're buying a used rear-wheel drive vehicle, yeah. is put it in reverse and listen and see if it clinks. Okay. If it clinks, then you know you have a bad you joint. Yeah. Get it. Uh, make sure you know that because you're going to be stranded on the side of the highway. Right, right. What you got, Abram? Yeah, we had a caller call in. He couldn't come on the radio. Okay. Al from Startful that wanted to know, wanted to ask Coach, what percent of overall range in electric cars are reduced by its AC or heater? Mm. On the range, like I say, you just got to think about what percentage will the EV be reduced in range due to those power sources coming out of that battery. Okay, and those now once again, if you think about how many miles it will go fully ranged, and so that's the difference that you got to understand because a heater, if you cut a heater on, it's going to reduce the range, and they say somewhere about twenty percent. Okay, for a heater. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm finding a little bit. Uh, Carandriver.com. Uh, said that if you're operating like with your EV HVAC off, you're getting you know a certain amount, and then if you're operating it with it all the way, you know, all HVAC all the way on high, seat warmers on, you're getting you're getting about seventy percent of that mileage. Right, because uh, all the heaters, anything electrical that you have in that vehicle mm-hmm. is going to cut that range down. Absolutely. You know? So if yeah. you're driving during the summer and you want to go to Dallas. Well, you may have to stop two or three times. Yeah, and uh, the, <laughs> <If> it's hot <laughs> for sure. And the the average, like if you're just doing it casually, like instead of all the way up, um, your your battery is more is focused doubly as much more on your 
HVAC system than it is on your actual mileage. If right. that, if I phrase that correctly, right. if that makes sense. Right. Okay. And that heater, and you always think what a heater is, is on electric uh, gasoline vehicle heaters are operated off the coolant that is flowing through the system. Okay. Okay. I don't know exactly. I don't think they have any uh, coolant flowing through the system for the electric vehicles, so it has to be some kind of heat strips, and when those heat strips come on, it's like that little space heater you had in the house, mm-hmm. almost, not maybe, probably not, you ain't got no flame or nothing. Yeah, but, this is like the ceramic. Right, there you go. Equivalent. There you go, it's like the ceramic <laughs> and it's blowing air, and that's yeah. takes energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, just to stick, and we're going to get back to what to look for when buying a used regular car, but do you have any tips for buying a used EV? Well, the same thing as buying a UV, uh, EV, you got to make sure of that battery to make sure how old it is. And you just notice they said something about fast charging, supercharging. I was fixing to say something about that. Mm-hmm. Supercharging a battery. You know, we had one person say it wasn't bad for the vehicle, but all batteries supercharge a battery is bad. Okay. Uh, batteries need to be slow charged yeah. because once again, they said because it heats up. Mm-hmm. Okay. As it heats up, it deteriorates the battery. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you're driving down the highway and the vehicle is charging and the battery gets hot, yeah. a fan comes on and it cools that battery. Yeah. So you got to be very careful. That's one of those same things you got to look in EVs. You got to look for the axles as well as you do for the uh, uh, gasoline vehicle. Got to okay. look at axles. And you're going to look at all the interior flood vehicle flooding. It's going to really be the same, but you're looking for the electrical system. Yeah, now you need the brains looked at. Now right. you need the computer system looked at right. on an EV. All the software updates, just like Tesla said, they have a new software update. A lot of these vehicles can be hmm. updated through the air. Uh, through the internet, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure those software updates are updated because a lot of times people get recalls and they just don't take them in because it yeah. takes too much time. Yeah, you know, does. when they say it takes 30 minutes, and yeah, they it may won't t- give you a loaner either, coach. <laughs> but like I say, it may take 30 minutes to fix the car, but there's 10 cars ahead of you and you're sitting there all day. Yeah. Or until the next morning. <laughs> yeah, or that. All right. Because so, you you wanna, right. so you want to make sure, expecting if it's a EV, if it's mm-hmm. a, a hybrid, mm-hmm. or if it's a gasoline vehicle, that you go through the checks, flood, uh, water, air, wind, anything. Now, you know, a lot of times people, uh, those gas, because I told you that water can get in them, but you can hear wind noise when you drive down the road because right. you need to check those gaskets, make sure they're not cut or tore in those doors. Yeah. You know, so you want to make sure you make sure that the door hasn't dropped. And when I say the door is dropped, they have hinges on them. And a lot of these uh, big vehicles, uh, heavy vehicles, the hinge, the doors are heavy. Yeah. And so what will happen is that the door will drop and it won't close correctly. Okay. So you want to be careful about that. You want to look at the hinges. You want to lift up on the doors to make sure they don't move. Okay. So you want to check that. And now when I told you about the dry shaft and all that, you need to get it up on a rack so you can look under that vehicle. You need to make sure that it's dry and that you can get under that vehicle and have that technician look at that vehicle very good. Yeah. Because if you're putting, you know, I saw a 2000... 
2010 or 2012 Honda Accord, no, Honda Civic, $17,000. If I'm going to put $17,000 in something, I want to make sure. It's going to run. Yeah, you know, I paid $19,000 for my first house. You know, right. if I'm going to pay $17,000 for a car that has 150,000 miles on it, we need to look at it. Right, right. Well, Coach, I want to know, and we're going to go to the phones first before I ask this, but I want to know what you look for when you test drive a car. Okay. So let's head to the phones, though. We've got James on the line in Water Valley. He has a Honda interior light switch problem. James, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, uh, good. thank you very much. Uh, yeah, my problem is the, the little red light that shows your uh, door is open. It stays on all the time while I'm driving all the time. And because of that, I cannot have interior lights because if I uh, activate the interior lights, they would be on all the time. So is there any way I could uh, find out which door is causing the problem? I assume all, all the switches are lined up in series, so if any one of them is, uh, is open, there you go. Well, on that, you'll need a bi-directional scan tool. And when I talk about a bi-directional scan tool, it will operate each one of those door latches because the switch is on the door latch, okay, inside the door. So it will operate each one of those uh, door latches independently, and then you can tell which one's not working correctly. But it needs to be put on a scan tool, and it needs to be a a bi-directional scan tool that will be able to operate things on that vehicle. Okay, sure. Take it to the to the Hyundai dealer, and they could do it. Uh, yeah, just tell them, you know, I'm sure they have a bi-directional uh, scan tool at the dealer, and they will just put it on there, and they will operate, and they'll find out which one it is. Mm. Because they're all, like you say, they're all together, but they're okay. independently. Yeah. Okay, okay. I do. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank right. you. Thanks, James, for your call. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about what to look for when buying a used car between your car repair questions. What's in the news? FTC proposal might ban some junk fees at dealerships. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addioning to listening, in additioning, that's we're going to add all of that up together. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you so much for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturday at 11 a.m. Now, in the news, junk fees are maybe going away. So the FTC proposal might ban some fees at car dealerships. Now, Coach, you brought this to my attention. What did you get out of this story before I go into it a little? Well, I just see a lot of times people go in there and they buy a new car and they get the price of the car. Then they throw these fees all on it. Now the cars have went up and really these fees are put on from the dealership themselves. They're not put on from the manufacturer. They're put on from the dealer. So time you add fees, you're two or $3,000 more 
the price of the car. Yeah, what it said. And then you got to put tax on top of those fees. Right. But, yeah, so this week the Federal Trade Commission announced a proposed rule to ban those so-called junk fees added to the cost of everything, from rental cars to concert tickets, all of those. Junk fees are unnecessary, unavoidable, or surprise charges that inflate costs while adding little to no value. And consumers can get hit with junk fees at any stage of the purchase or payment process. So this rule could apply to those car dealerships. Um, of course, when it comes down to those fees that you're talking about, coach, but as new car sales prices soared during the COVID-19 pandemic um, and the subsequent microchip shortage, reports of questionable pricing practices by some car dealerships surged and the problem grew severe enough that automaker themselves been, began to crack down. Um, and the companies building cars generally don't sell them to consumers. Um, instead, they sell them to dealerships that later sell them to drivers, giving the manufacturer limited control over car prices. And it's called a manufacturer's suggested retail price for a reason. <laughs> That's it. So it's they suggest how much the car should cost you, but time the dealer gets finished with you, well, it's no longer suggested. It's what they're going to charge you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not suggested after that. And now you can negotiate those fees as well if if they're going to charge you all those fees, and I was going to buy a car in uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they were going to add $5,000 to it for different junk fees, mm-hmm. and I told them, I said, I didn't want none of that, and they said, well, we can't take them off. Well, guess what? I bought one just here in town, and it didn't With have, no junk fees on it. It had $165 worth of junk fees yeah. instead of 5000 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you need to negotiate that. If they won't negotiate with those junk fees, you can say, hey- I know what they're talking about, that these are, what did it say in the very beginning of the news? They are unnecessary fees. Yeah, unnecessary fees. And they call it the suggested retail price for a reason. Right. Suggested. Now, when it comes down to um, suggestions, Coach, you know I've got a story and you help me. So I, I want to bring this in before we get back yes. to in, into buying a used car. So um, had some wheel bearing issues that happened with my vehicle. Um, the, the wheel bearings in the back went out. I also had brake issues and I needed an oil change on top of that. Um, but when I purchased the vehicle in 2019, I purchased it with a 200,000 mile powertrain warranty. Right. And at the time, coach, I just liked the sound of it. It was 200,000 mile powertrain with a 20 year sitting on top of it. All of it sounded lovely. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew I wanted it. Right. And so went ahead and purchased the vehicle then um, and didn't know when this powertrain warranty was going to kick in. Well, I was driving my car and like I was telling you, it was having a feeling of my RPMs not not acting right. But I didn't know that that had something to do with wheel bearings until I kind of, you know, talked back to you or whatever. And so they ended up putting the wheel bearings on. And then I ended up thinking about the, uh, the, they ended up saying that I needed them put on. And then I thought about the powertrain warranty. I was like, well, is this covered? So I looked into my powertrain warranty paperwork and it had transaxle transaxle components. Now, Coach, is that wheel bearings? That is part of the transaxle component. The transaxle goes into the wheel bearing. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Coach, you know I didn't drop the the <laughs> the tip that I um, know a ASC certified master technician, but I took it from your point of view of what you told me to do. So basically we were going to see if these wheel bearings were going to be covered by this 200,000 mile powertrain warranty. 
Well, took it up there. And of course, I started getting a runaround about whether it was covered. Right. You know, they try to hit you with the, well, you're out of the manufacturer's warranty. And I said, well, I got a 200. You know, it's almost like they don't quite know your car and you kind of got to tell them about your car, right. even though it feels like they got that info in the computer. But aside from that, so, you know, talked about that. Then they went back to the back and then they said, well, only the oil um, lubricated parts are covered. Are wheel bearings oil lubricated, Coach? They're not oil lubricated, but they are lubricated uh, internally. They are lubricated when they come from the factory. If it's a pressed in, it has lubrication in it. Okay. Okay. So that's what they told me then. And then I said, well, listen, because the powertrain warranty paperwork that I had gotten had um, uh, not suggested, but select. The word select was included in there. So they would say select engine or transaxle components are covered. Well, I didn't get a piece of paper that showed me what those select components were. So I asked for that paperwork. I said, well, if I if I purchased it with the 200,000 mile powertrain warranty, I want to see the paperwork that lists what these select items are. That way, in the future, I know what I'm going to have to pay for or what I'm not going to have to pay for. Um, Long story short. After I laid that on them, basically, just just basically, I think that tidbit alone, um, they went back, talked to the owner, and then I got a call the next day that said the wheel bearings will be included in the powertrain warranty. But I had to go. I had to go a little bit. Thanks you, thank you, Abram, for the for the air applause. Well, I think what happens there, and I think I talked to you about this a while ago. So many people don't know their warranty. And if they know their warranty, they don't know all the ins and out of the warranty. You need to make that sure that you know the ins and out of the warranty. Even that's even on a used car now. They do have warranties that you can buy on used cars. And I, that was mine. I bought a 2016 okay. and 2019. Right. Okay. So used car warranties, new car warranties, extended warranties. Know what you're getting. Know what you're paying for. Because, and like I told you, wheel bearings, one goes out, doesn't necessarily make, all of them's going to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, one may go out, and I did a job, like I told you not too long ago, where one went out, and the lady said she wanted both of them done, and I had them both sitting there when they got to come pick their vehicle up, mm-hmm. and one, the one I said was shot, was shot, but the other one was still good, but yeah. she wanted both of them changed because they had the same many miles on it, Yeah, you know, and so, and that's great, but know your warranty, yeah. know, make sure you read the fine print, because yeah. so many people just read the bold print and yeah. keep on going, Yeah, read the fine print. I went in there, let me tell y'all, like I was Coach Charlie, like I was an ASC certified mechanic now coach when i saw (laughs) when i saw transaxle components i did not have you at the time and i was thinking this has got to be them wheel bearings and so i pointed at it i was like and it says transaxle components like i knew (laughs) i was just like thank goodness that that was correct um but yeah like i knew but yeah i went in there cool and calm I did not get angry or anything. It was just very matter-of-factly how I stated everything. And they agreed, especially the the reps that were helping me. I was like, listen, you would want to see those select components, too, just so you know what you're going to get into. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, the problem is the select components could be what they want it to be. Right. But... You know, if you know what a transaxle is, you know what the components are from that transaxle all the way to the end of the wheel hubs. It's not going to cover brakes. It's not going to cover anything to do with the brakes, mm-hmm. uh, but it will cover 
anything to do with the powertrain, and that is powertrain. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a little ASC certified master technician fairy working in my favor. <laughs> Godfather, basically, is what you can call him. <laughs> I hear that. But coach, let's get back to what to look for when buying a used car. Here's a question that I had on the top of my brain. A scan tool. Can you put a used car on a scan tool? You can put a, it on a scan tool. Uh, your technician that you take it to will have a scan tool. If you take it to a rental uh, technician, okay, he can check it out because check engine lights can be erased and they may not come back on some of them for <laughs> okay. a few days. Okay. Uh, but they can be erased, so you want to make sure if it has a history code in it. Now, these little pocket scanners that you buy for $59, that's not going to do it. I don't cut it. Just like the guy told him he needs a bi-directional scanner to check those uh, switches. Yeah. Well, that's a high-dollar scan tool. Yeah. Okay, but these little code readers, that's what they're called. Uh, but you need to check them, make sure you have for history codes or monitoring codes, because mm-hmm. there are some codes that you have to do a drive cycle that come on. Okay. And a drive cycle is you got to drive it for so long, and this speed, so much for this, and, you know, different speed limits, and for so long before it will even register. Register. Yeah. So it is good to put a scan tool on them, but you need to make sure that it has no history codes. So when it comes down to test driving, that is one of those things to look at, too. Um, What happens if you want to test drive it at a highway speed? Is that something to look for? Uh, Well, the light probably, was if it's going to come on, it could come on at any time. But if you want to test one highway, you want to take and see uh, on a smooth highway for you to test the cruise control out, make sure that it's working. Yeah. And if you got these newer cars, you want to make sure that the all the uh, safety features are working, like lane change and all those, and adaptive cruise, make sure all that's working, the cameras are working, uh, make sure that the uh, ABS light's not on or the uh, SRS, the safety restraint system lights are not on, because all of that diminishes the price of the car because you got to get it fixed. Right. And it could be just a sensor, it could be a wire unplugged, but it, regardless, it's going to cost you money to get it fixed. Yeah. And if you are in another state and that check engine light's on, well, guess what? They don't even give you a tag or a registration. Mm. So you want to make sure that, that you the, got that together before yeah. you buy that vehicle. Especially if you're moving to another state, just say you bought it in Mississippi and these lights are on or something. You say, oh, well, I just keep driving. Right. Well, you go to Texas, they're not going to give you a registration. Yeah. If that check engine light's on, even if there's a history code, it has to be gone completely. Before they'll even register your vehicle. Right. Well, Coach, I want to talk about the private individual um, as it relates to accident reports. Um, Fill the filler through paint, magnet checks, and stuff like that. Okay. So we'll get into that. We're discussing what to look for when buying a used car and taking your repair questions. Send an email to Auto. We've got a new car review, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. So I was talking to my sister this weekend. Her kids are getting ready to go off to college and they're no longer going to need the minivan, but they would like to have a luxurious three-row crossover that doesn't completely break the bank, and I think I have it this week. It's the 2024 Mazda CX-90. From the outside of it, it looks very luxurious. Flowing curves, very beautiful, looks very European. On the side, also feels like a luxury car. Heated and ventilated front seats, heated second row seats and captain's chairs, heads-up display, all the crash avoidance systems, and a Bose audio system. But this is a plug-in hybrid CX-90. 
which means you get the four-cylinder engine, lithium-ion batteries, 26 miles of driving range, all electric. You still get 323 horsepower, so it's still pretty zippy. 56 miles per gallon equivalent, all in. So a very nice vehicle, very easy to charge in about an hour and a half on a home charger. Price, not bad either. CX-90 starts under $40,000. Plug-in starts under $50,000. This one with every option, pretty much $58,920. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, and it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, you know, buying a used vehicle is, uh, we said, an investment. You need to make sure once again, that you do your research on it and make sure it's what you want. Don't don't just go in and buy a used vehicle because you need a vehicle. Make mm-hmm. sure you do the research on them. Yeah, make sure you do that. That's a thorough research. It <laughs> works as well. Right. Sure, go all the way in. Let's talk about going a little bit more in before we head to the phone. So you were talking about a magnet check for filler through paint. Tell me what that is, Coach. Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, if they, from especially from a private dealership, I mean, a private individual, you're not really going to have a Carfax most of the time. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is own an older vehicle that still has uh, metal-type uh, panels and all. You can take a magnet. You can just check it. You can see if, it, if it's been if filled. It, if it's been filled because magnets don't stick to filler. Right. So you, it don't stick to fiberglass; it sticks to metal. Metal only. And the aluminum vehicles, you can't use a magnet because a magnet don't stick to aluminum. But you can fill it, and most of those are going to be newer vehicles, and they should have a Carfax on most of those because most people are not getting rid of those right now. Yeah. Yeah. But if the, I don't have you, Coach, I'm gonna need a tool belt for all of the tools that I'm gonna need. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different things. You know, another thing you want to, if you was going to check the tailpipe, you want to make sure it's not greasy because that means oil's coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure that your transmission fluid is a pinkish color, not milky or brown. If it's brown, that means the transmission fluid's burnt. If it's milky, it has cooling in it. So same thing with oil. Make sure if it's not black and brown, uh, brown just don't make sure it doesn't have water in it because it'd be a milky color to like always uh, related to uh, coffee mate when you put cream in coffee it turns yeah. that color yeah that's what you don't want that's what you don't want it needs to be like black right. coffee that's right um talk about the private individual purchase when it comes down to accidents well accidents on a private individual how you can tell once again if they were in an accident is that the panels and the hood and the trunk and the doors they all have alignment marks they should all be even everything should be lined up straight a lot of times if they're not lined up that means that vehicle's been an accident if it's a front end or a rear end they should all be lined up Uh, another thing real quick we need to make sure rust rust is a big thing especially if you buy a vehicle up north and break down south it's been in the salt it's been in all that water you need to make sure and where you'll find that rust most of the time is under the rear the uh wheel wells okay and you want to make sure it doesn't have rust if you have blistered paint that means there's rust even if it's a certified pre-owned vehicle should you make this necessary steps that we're we've been talking about for the entire show should you take those steps you still want to make sure that that vehicle is there because a lot of times pre-owned, I mean certified, doesn't cover the body. It covers the engine, covers the 
mechanical parts. Okay. But it doesn't really cover the body. Okay. Unless you, now you can buy a protection plan uh, to cover that body if you okay. want to. Okay. Perfect. Let's head to the phones. Rachel in Tupelo, she's got a repair question. Rachel, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, yes, I have a 2011 Dodge uh, Durango Citadel, um, and it does have almost 230,000 miles on it. Once before I've had the forward collision warning uh, that I has, I've had it readjusted, um, and it worked fine until I had just a local mechanic, not the dealership, uh, I think it was something to do with the radiator that we had replaced. Well, after that, the forward collision warning light, well, you know, that it went off and then my check engine light came on. When I took it to the dealership, they said, oh, you're going to need a new unit. And I guess what my question is, is there a way to tell if it's that you, in fact, need a whole new unit or just that it needs to be realigned again because there is a cost difference or is it just you just got to take their word? I just got through talking to somebody, a body man about that just a couple of weeks ago, and they said all the Dodges they bring in there and uh, some of the Chevrolets is that every time they replace the radiator or something that they have to replace that front collision impact sensor, every one of them. You know, and the sensor don't cost about forty five or fifty dollars for the sensor itself, and they had to do it every time. And so, what they do now, they just go get a new sensor and put it in there, and that takes care of it. Okay, that we thank you very much because otherwise, to get a whole new unit, you're looking, you know, more like between five and eight hundred dollars. Yeah, you know? it's, <laughs> no, it's just that sensor. Pricey. Is that sensor in the front like is like forty five, fifty dollars? And you know, yeah. All right. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for giving us a call, Coach. You always know how to make it right, and you made it right for me, and you made it right for everybody who called in today. Thank you. (laughs) That's our job. We're trying to steer them in the right direction. You're right. You're right. You're the guru. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny. Our call screener, Will Pickering. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.